everyone. Welcome to What Changed Your Life. I'm Emma Ryan, and this is my podcast where I talk to people who changed my life about things that changed theirs. Thanks for joining us. Alrighty, welcome today. I'm here with my dear friend Tally, who changed my life in many ways. Um, some of the biggest being that they were one of the first people that I really saw myself in at Smith, and I've learned so much from them. They've taught me how to take care of myself by leading by example, and also leading by example showed me how to be who I am and be who I am with confidence and really pushed me out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways, and I'm so much better for it. And also they give great advice and their presence just makes me a better person all the time. So welcome, Tally. Thanks for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, sure. I'm 21 years old. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. Um, I have a mullet and a girlfriend and two cats incredible so tally what changed your life oh man i don't even know where to start for this question i was thinking a lot about individual people and how they've shown me new terrains of the world um and just like opened me up to parts of the world and and subsets of society that I never would have otherwise had access to because uh, of where I grew up. Can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up? So I grew up um, in kind of North Atlanta uptown um, in a very like rich part of the city. that kind of originated as a result of white flight from when um, black people started moving into the city, white people started retreating out of the city. And so that I was kind of right outside of the city. Um, And I was in private school from when I was three years old. And the school that I went to was very small and very insular. Um, There was not a lot of diversity in terms of race or socioeconomic status. Um, So the things that I was exposed to were just very slim and I couldn't find myself within those bounds. Yeah, I really relate to that. I, I grew up in a rural part most of my listeners probably know that, but also very homogenous as far as um, race, mostly white class, mostly middle class. And yeah, so um, can you tell me a little bit about the ways people open up your world? Like what have you, what did they open you up to and how did those things change you? When I was It really started with kind of a sad story, but when I was 13, I was diagnosed with an eating disorder, and um, I started going to treatment for that, and really when I was in treatment was uh, the first time I was exposed to 
other types of people. Um, first, I was in a treatment place in Indiana, and there I met people who had never flown on planes before, which was very, the idea of that was like very foreign to me, even though it's a very normal phenomenon to have never gone on a plane. And um, I met people who just, you know, grew up in rural areas and had very different backgrounds. And I feel as though I learned much more from them than I'd ever learned from the people who were back home because solely because they struggled more. And similarly, when I moved back to Atlanta and started doing treatment there, I met people from places other than the part of town that I lived in. And most pertinently, I met people who lived in the Decatur area. And the Decatur area is the area of Atlanta that has all the lesbians and more diversity. And it's way more down to earth. Um, and I would say when I started hanging out there, it really opened my, I really opened myself up to a whole new world of possibilities in terms of who I could be and who I could spend my time with. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that. Um, are there any people that stand out to you specifically? So one of my good friends, Lila, was actually the person who introduced me to the whole Decatur scene. And Lila had dropped out of school in eighth grade um, and was really struggling with, with her life. Uh, when we met and I think I needed to see that I was free to do whatever I wanted you know we made some questionable decisions together uh, we actually dated is was how we first in- encountered so she was my first girlfriend um, and she her best friend how do I say this in a good way? Um, her best friend is best friends with my current girlfriend, and that's how we got introduced. And so if it weren't for her, I would have never met my current partner. It's so interesting how people are so connected and how the ways that people change you change you in other ways and change other people because like how you were saying that she showed you that you could do whatever you wanted. I feel like you've done the same for me. And so hopefully I pass that along to someone else. <laughs> yeah, no, I truly feel when you were introducing me and saying that you saw yourself in me, that was like really inspiring because the reason that I try to be myself so much is because I want to like inspire other people and let them know that they can be themselves. Yeah, well, you do, so it's working. I'm so glad to hear you say that. (laughs) When you think of the question, what changed your life, is there anything else that comes to mind? There's so many other things. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about drugs on here, am I? Yeah. 
I've been thinking a lot about drugs as well, uh, specifically weed. Um, I started smoking weed um, pretty heavily at the end of my senior year of high school. And there was, before, I noticed just like such a change in myself and um, I have an anxiety disorder that makes me just very extremely anxious all the time. And I found that when I smoke weed, it makes me much calmer. And so kind of over, oh, and I also struggle with like chronic pain from the years and years of gymnastics that I did. Um, And it helps with my pain as well and my digestive issues. And, I, before, uh, before I started smoking, I was, um, I was really, I was so much of a perfectionist, and everything I did in my life had to be perfect. Every single project I did had to be overachieved, overdone, and I had to say all the right things at all the right moments, and if I didn't, I just beat myself up terribly. And when I started smoking pot, I noticed this change in myself where I was allowed to make mistakes, and I was allowed to mess up and not do things perfectly. And I also just, it introduced me to like, it made one part of myself relax so that another part of myself could come out and that other part of myself that started to come out just started seeing like the beauty of the world and nature and the breathing of the leaves and like poetry and um, I just felt so much more connected to my self that is unabashedly myself and unashamed to be who I am rather than this person who was like so hung up on trying to do everything the right way. I really relate to that. I don't know if it was weed that did it for me, but I also used to be a huge perfectionist and I still struggle with perfectionism and it's definitely been a slower transition. Well, it was kind of a do nothing. I like dropped all my perfectionism and started doing absolutely nothing and putting in very little effort. And then I'm slowly like finding the in-between of that. And it's a really important thing to learn to get away from. That's really good to hear that you're kind of finding that balance it's a hard one to find it is yeah speaking of balance I feel like finding balance is like one of the biggest things that impacts people's lives and so I'm wondering um what are two things that you find it really important to balance in your life or maybe that you struggle with balancing or maybe more than two things but How does balance play into your life? I think that 
I struggle with balancing time a lot, like letting myself relax versus giving myself movement and challenging myself to complete projects. Um, I find myself very often doing either one or the other and when I'm in one mindset it's very challenging for me to switch over but when I kind of do find that balance I find myself feeling better like physically and just generally being happier in the world and and I don't know like capitalism will lead you to believe that you have to do things and that you have to be productive um and I don't want to subscribe to that at all but I do think that sometimes when I produce I'm gonna I'm gonna quote that term so quote unquote produce um things it doesn't have to be things that um you know society deems as a production but it does make me feel better and I'm also trying to challenge that notion and be like why do I feel better about myself when I produce things so I think that's a balance that I'm always occupied with um another balance that I would say is challenging for me is like putting myself out there and also um not putting myself out there, like, protecting myself. Um, I've always been, like, an extremely sensitive person, an empath, uh, as some might say. <laughs> and from when I was a little child, I've, I've been a crier, and part of it is because I do love to put myself out there and because I, I love to feel love. It's taken me an extremely long time to be able to find how to protect myself while also still being vulnerable. That is something where I think I, I, my pendulum swung from side to side to side and has never, I still struggle with being balanced with that. Um, and it's taken a lot of therapy, a lot of practicing making boundaries with friends so that I could make it with strangers it's weird but sometimes it's harder to make to make boundaries with strangers than it is to make with with your friends because as a people pleaser like I always want to be I always want to be liked I always want people to like me and so I have to find this balance between selflessness and selfishness um which really isn't selfish but yeah, that's a big one. And I and I think that that is connected to I think that's also connect connected to like smoking pot. <laughs> Funnily enough, I was able to maybe like focus more on myself than other people and and really find my needs and meet them. Yeah. I really relate to both of those things that 
that you struggle with balancing, especially the first one. I struggle with that balance a lot and you perfectly explained what it is and how it feels and how it impacts you and yeah I I felt like you were speaking for me (laughs) if I I couldn't have said it better myself um another thing balance you also mentioned that you were used to be a gymnast so do you want to talk about that a little and why you're no longer a gymnast and how that may have changed your life Yeah, so from the age of five, I was rigorously in the gym, like 20 hours a week, and uh, I was shunned by a lot of my coaches because I was younger than a lot of the other uh, people on my team, so I, my behavior was probably a little bit more childish, and very early I had to learn to... um, kind of mask my my personality to be what my coaches wanted it to be so um if I felt like crying because I my endurance was running low I I had to just suppress that or if I felt like I couldn't hold a handstand any second longer I just I had to push through it and because if, if you didn't, you get, you, you get punished for it. And they make it feel like it's your fault. Like saying, the only person you're hurting if you don't do this to your best ability is yourself. And it's kind of that mentality that I, I took on for my entire gymnastics career. And I really truly believed that if I didn't do everything perfect, I wasn't going to go anywhere. And a lot of my friends uh, who were gymnasts believed the same thing. I think there were a few exceptions of people who didn't internalize um, that mentality as much as I did. Like I said, I'm very sensitive, so I really absorbed that. Um, But for a long time, I just, I loved the sport. I loved moving my body, and it, it was so freeing to just tumble around and do something that I was really good at and impress people and I was known as the gymnast um and when in my later years uh I stopped enjoying the sport and all of the bad parts of it kind of superseded the good parts of it um and It was really hard to find joy. And my body was in pain all the time. Um, And I was scared. I was really scared to do a specific skill called the giant, uh, which is on on high bar when you swing all the way around the bar. And I was really scared to do it on on uneven bars. And that was basically, my coaches stopped believing in me because I was too scared to do things, and I stopped believing in myself. Uh, and I think that's really when I quit. And when I quit, I, I, I still like grieve the part of myself that was a gymnast every single day because there's something so 
intense like I'm a really intense person and there's something so I think everyone grieves their childhood right because it's it's where you came from and it's your foundation and it's where I got my discipline from it's where I got my tremendous like strength and flexibility from that every day my bones not my bones every day my muscles atrophy and that's disappointing and it's something that I have to reconcile with that I'm like a much happier person because I had to do this like massively hard thing and leave behind my entire life (laughs) sounds dramatic but um yeah I would say when I when I quit gymnastics I lost a huge part of my identity and that is really was really a big factor in what led me into my eating disorder. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Speaking of identity, and you said you were known as the gymnast, and I feel like those kind of the this thing or those kind of things that you're known for really shape how you see yourself and your experience in the world. So I'm wondering if you've taken on any other labels since then that have shaped your life or if you have discarded other labels like that along the way yeah along the way I would that's a very good question (laughs) it's made me think a lot uh I think of my life in segments of like identities that I've taken on um and you know, after I quit gymnastics, as I said, I I really was in an eating disorder for my entire, uh, like, preteen, teen life, and that was my identity for a long time, and I would say about sophomore year of high school, I, 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 I learned that one one of the analogies that my therapist gave me like was tremendously helpful. She said to me, "Think of your eating disorder like a raincoat, and you you can take it off and you can put it in your closet and it'll be there if you ever need it again. You won't, but like if you ever do need it again, and just like try it, like try life without it." And so that was huge for me. Was like taking off my raincoat, putting it in the closet, and eventually leaving it there for good. Um, And what helped me really take off that raincoat was finding my identity in other places and healthier places, such as um, my identity as, this is kind of embarrassing to me now, but as a theater kid um, in high school, and I loved Uh, performing on stage so I was a performer Um, uh, my identity as a queer person really took on um, my high school was like very open to um, queer life like there was a pretty big queer population at my high school Um, not to say that there wasn't a lot of homophobia because there was but that was definitely something that I took on as well. Um, wearing lots of flannel shirts and 
speaking my mind as like the go-to feminist of my grade um and I think part of the reason that we hang on to identities comes back to that productivity thing it's like what am I known for like what is my reason for being and I think lately that I've been able to let go of identities a little bit and just I've been able to like explore new waves, new channels of life, new channels of identity. And now I'm kind of between identities, I feel. And I'm I'm trying to find like all this to say, it's a journey for me to find myself. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. Okay, you just I hope a lot of people listen to this because you say so many incredible things and you say them all so well. Thank you. I I will say like one of my absolute struggles in this world is speaking and verbal communication is so hard for me and I think that's heightened by my ADHD which like things are going through my brain all the time and it's so hard to stay on one train of thought so to hear you say that like I've worked a lot on slowing down my speaking and choosing the right words and just like letting go and so to hear you say that is really heartwarming yeah I really relate to that that's exactly why I started this project and what well why why I originally started interviewing people is because I wanted some way to regulate the flow of ideas that come out of my mouth because I'm very bad about interrupting and getting lost in a rambling chunk of mess. And yeah, so I'm really glad that we could help each other with that. <laughs> um And... Before I wrap up, I just want to ask you, is there anything else that you want to attribute to changing your life um, before we go? If this is where you want to leave it, that's fine. And um, I will just say shortly, like, clothes and art and, and other ways that I can express myself have really been avenues through which I have changed. And I would say it's more of, like, that is an active thing that I've pursued to change my life rather than something that has just kind of come into my life and, and, and changed it. Um, but it has been something that has been extremely gender affirming and makes me feel good to just express myself um, and be myself. So that's all I wanted to add. Awesome. Um, so, before we wrap up, I have a few quick questions. You've probably heard them before in our other interview, and, but I'm going to ask them again because they're circumstantial, so I'm sure that your answers will have changed. So, how are you taking care of yourself? I've been taking great showers lately, um, and I had no... My girlfriend is like a skincare guru and she she's taught me so much about how to take care of my face and I just feel like every night when I put 
I put serum on these days and it just feels so nice when I'm touching my cheeks and like actually putting like it feels like it's an elixir of like of like care that I'm giving to myself so that's been very pertinent to me these days also roller skating I love that how are you taking care of others I would say I'm a big listening ear I also like to hug a lot Actually, only certain people. I, I like to hug certain people. And, and give them my creativity. Give them my advice. Um, and also, more passively, just listen. And these days, when I listen, I try not to offer feedback unless, unless they ask. Um... Because sometimes you just want to get something off your chest and and have be talking to a wall. Like, that's valid. So that's a big way I've been taking care of other people. That's incredible. How have others been taking care of you? I feel that... Similarly... People are in my life are really good at listening to me and really good at balancing my personality. For example, when I get overwhelmed, um, people in my life know how to soothe me or or take me ground me back in reality, and um, that is something that I've used to not be able to connect with people in that way that they could kind of help calm me down and I found that recently um I've been able to connect with people who can do that do you want to share a little how about how they do that you don't have to yeah when I get really super overwhelmed I'm able to and other people are able to remind me like listen, this is, this is not an invalidating way, but, like, this is not a big deal, and I've been able to, like, actually believe them, um, yeah. Thanks for sharing, and last question, is there any way that you wish people were taking care of you? I feel like maybe I need more validation than I get and that might just be because I'm like in this age of like social media but sometimes I feel like I'll send a text to somebody and they and they don't respond and I know that they've read it and I know that they took it to heart but I just want them to tell me that they read it and that they took it to heart and and or when I um just like have a comment I want someone to say I heard that or like I see you um because for a long time I didn't feel seen and I feel like that is one of my needs that isn't always met yeah I'm really proud of you for knowing those needs because I feel like those kind of things are really hard to figure out about yourself and even harder to 
admit that you need them. So thank you for sharing that with us. This conversation has definitely changed my life. You're such an inspiration to me and I learn more every time I talk to you. And I hope it changed your life too. So thank you for doing this. Thanks, Em. I love you so much. I love you too. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Tally as much as I enjoyed talking with them. If you want to be a guest on a forthcoming episode or you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks again. Have a great day.